0: I mean, this isn't the worst place you could go, but it's not good by any stretch, Josie says. Tired, possibly hungover. Tired Josie is grumpy, Josie. Josie took CW and works for a startup news site. She's the artsiest of us, the most les capable of downing seven sand migs with room for tequila. We all love Josie and secretly ache for her to love us back, at least as much as she loves her poets. None of us, not even Chino, the sensitive guitar-playing dude, can quote more than a few lines of Neruda or Cummings. Lightning recap: In an ocean the color of bruises by Isabel Yap, five, maybe twenty-somethings go on a desolate go to a desolate beach for vacation and find that maybe the dead have other plans. we've got a little podcast i don't know why i i am peer pressured into these things why why christy why
1: short story short
0: podcast i am chris and today i'm here with easily influenced christy
1: like the children of today
0: Uh, very much yes
1: yes
0: Hey, hey, Christy. Hey, hey, yes?
1: If I were going to go to a sunny summer beach resort and I wanted to have a little light reading, what would really make me second guess doing that?
0: (laughs) You would be second guessing the crap out of that particular idea But when you read An Ocean the Color of Bruises by Isabel Yap.
1: And of course, this is A. Uncanny story, which makes me exceptionally happy for a number of reasons, but this story did something for me that I really enjoyed, and that is it had me going what the ever loving fuck is happening.
0: <sighs> yes, I too was doing that uh I will say that I think one aspect of what made me go what the everlasting fuck is is going on here was a technical thing and that is the point of view that we're given the perspective it's first person plural <laughs> yeah,
1: that might be the best the best way to put it it is a a point of view it's almost first person omniscient
0: yeah yeah but it's not it's 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 kind of first person omniscient but then you add that there's it's we it's never i or they or even you, it's we. And so I think I would, I would classify this as communal. Ooh,
1: are you saying this is written by Borg? Uh,
0: well, I mean, I'm not saying it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that that actually plays into this idea because ultimately this is a, this is going to sound weird, this is the lead up to a survival horror story.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And it reads like, at the very beginning, it reads like that movie uh, Spring Breakers. (laughs) It is, it's a bunch of who we, I guess we have to assume they're kids, uh, which means anyone younger than me. (laughs) 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 Uh, Off to a, I guess the best way to put it is a shitty resort.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would say shitty resort. Yeah, and we've all been
1: there, let's face it. We have all gone to Cabo with a little too little money to go to Cabo. (laughs) And what happens here is we get this sort of, this is what this sort of world is normally. Oh yeah, but there's also this underlying uh, monsterism there, I guess, the best way to sort of think of it.
0: Yeah, and it's very subtle throughout most of it, in that it just, something seems off. And we do know that there's been a tragedy in this place. There was, you know, other you know, college students who came to party, and a hurricane came, and they thought that, you know, they could party right through it, and it turned out that they couldn't. So we do know, we already have that that underlying tragedy that Is sort of, it's Chekhov's dead people, I guess. (laughs) Like, we know that these dead people are going to have to come back like zombies. And so it's very much simmering very, very under the surface with only hints. There's hints that there's weirdness. And it's right from the beginning, you have the lady behind the check-in counter. Her eyes are wide and fraught as she looks over our reservation form. You have the fact that it's quite empty You had the fact that people just seem kind of ghostly and in the background of this group of partiers, and they seem to sense it, but not really quite be able to voice it. And so you have that sort of very, very slight feeling of dread, and something is not quite right going on the whole time. And it's just a matter of when is it all going to break? And of course, horror movie style it's all gonna break when the sex starts
1: <laughs> yeah and that's kind of cool actually i like that bit <laughs> um because I'm, I'm reading this going okay when does the really weird stuff because this is basically they were setting up uh seaside twin peaks as is what i sort of looked at it as
0: yeah that's a good good description of what was going on up till that point
1: yeah and then when it started to get like when the shit went down i was like oh so that's what i was actually feeling the whole way that i think what she did is she didn't just sprinkle in like a lot of uh, writers who when they hit you at the last few paragraphs do i think she actually was trying to make you equate what you eventually get to the sort of the the deadness of everyone else uh there's a great moment actually uh We are distracted by the severe pink of the girl's bikini bottom. The boy looks up and Nina looks, and Nina thinks his eyes look wet, hungry. She's kind of hungry herself. She smiles at him, but he doesn't smile back. He just stares awkwardly, so she looks away. It's that sort of detachment, I think, that really becomes interesting to me that you see throughout the story uh, with everyone except for this group of, I'm just going to say it. If I met these people, I'd be super annoyed by them. Each and every one of them. Just
0: annoying. Uh, I would probably be mildly amused by them, but they're very much wrapped up in themselves. And so I would be able to tolerate them, but not for terribly long. I might, like, have a beer with them when they were drunk and then get kind of annoyed and wander off somewhere else.
1: (laughs) Yes. And, um, I think part of that is that we are, you know, when we get to the very end, when it does become the survival horror story, I'm one rooting for the dead. Uh, <laughs> of course. But what's great is that we know these characters fairly well by that point. And it takes a lot to, when you get to know a character and they're going through a survival scenario to not necessarily identify with wanting them to make it through.
0: Yeah, I would say you're, you're definitely a lot more irritated than them by I am. I, I was upset at our, our, our wonderful couple there. I believe it was Heinz uh, and Chino. Oh yeah. Uh, I was upset, upset at them being pulled away because they seemed like to have hope and they had also done the least amount of anything. Like they just like curled up on the bed and napped, and that was like they didn't have much of a chance to annoy anybody, I guess. So I was, I was, I was. That made me sad because I was like, oh no, they just started. They just finally admitted their love for each other. No, you can't do this.
1: But I think what she really captures, and Isabel Yap is a great writer. Uh, Look into everything she's done because she's genius. Um, what she's done is she has so thoroughly presented them as recognizable characters and because i can picture people like this very well even though they are of uh an ethnicity that i don't know particularly well uh they are of a a social strata that i've never been a part of (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i couldn't help but come to the fact that they are likely, away from this scenario, completely different people than they are when you put them into it. And we actually start to see that when you get to the actual meat of the story. And with a a story that's as backloaded as this one, that becomes really important, that you have that ability to uh, present a realism in the initial portion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have them behaving like, you know, kind of, like you said, obnoxious partiers. But then you have, like, say, Rich, who, you know, it, it panics. And instead of being Mr. Cool, Mr. Suave, he just grabs one of the girls and tries to kiss her. And she's like, uh, now's not the time. <laughs> like, being chased by zombies. Come on, dude. Just because it looked cool in a movie doesn't mean you should be doing it now.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But <laughs> if this if this happened to me, first off... Uh, I'm tender vittles. I'm eating first. Let's let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> but I think what what happens here is we see them trying to take everything in through something they understand, and I think Rich understood this entire scenario through horror films.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. That's a really good point. Had, I had that I was kind of like in the back of my mind, but hadn't really verbalized itself. It had not coalesced itself into actual words and thought. And so, yeah, he. I think that's they, that's exactly why he did it that way. Why he was like, well, this is the point when the hero grabs the the, the, the damsel in distress and swoops her down and kisses her before they say something witty and then run off to fight the zombies. And she's like, no, it's not.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think I love that part of this story is that, There is that unexpected turny, twisty thing. What I think is the, you know, I could, if I had turned this into a writing professor when I was at Emerson, uh, it would have said, your story starts in the last third, Uh, get rid of everything else. And I think that that's a mistake of a particular type of era where you want to be thrown right into the story. And I think this is actually a much more, a much richer story because, you are not thrown into the deep end and you are allowed to swim early through.
0: Yes, I like that you're using swimming metaphors. That is great. Good metaphor use, Chris, A+. plus. Uh, I think honestly, if I, as a professor, uh, I haven't taught a whole lot of creative writing, but I, I would probably be that professor like at Emerson College who would have received this story and been like, no, this is all, this is like almost entirely a running start you need to you need to cut and start at the point where stuff gets interesting and but the thing about the human condition is it, stuff gets interesting long before we're being chased by zombies i need to make a cross stitch out of that um and it's and it's the that is you know even though we're kind of annoyed by these characters that is the the interesting thing about them is the interplay is the relationships is the way that things feel both settled and in flux between them and so it feels like at any moment something could change just in those interpersonal relationships and I think that's that cutting out that human part would in fact be a mistake because it's that human part it's the fact that these two characters are finally after you know like years maybe of denying part of themselves are finally getting together and are finally happy. That's the fact that makes me care enough that when we get to the zombies, I want them to survive it. If I don't have a reason to care about them yet, then the zombies can eat them and that's okay.
1: You are cold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have you have to give the reader a reason to care and it is very difficult to do that right off the bat. You can you have to make the character immediately do something cliche like save the cat that will you know going going to screenwriting theories but you you need to make the reader care because honestly the average reader coming to a story until they know something human about your character something they can relate to or at least empathize with they don't have any reason to give a damn
1: that's true that's a good point and we're all lacking empathy these days because uh, everyone who isn't me is a jerk. Uh,
0: <laughs> Except me. Present company exclude, excluded.
1: Correct. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the great things here, though, I have to say, one thing that killed me was, I think this ended with one of the most powerful last sentences. Uh in our minds, it tastes like beer and salt and the wreckage of our lives. So familiar, we could choke on it and keep choking.
0: That was beautiful.
1: Wham! That's just like, holy mother of God, that was good.
0: <laughs> also, fantastic title. This title draws you in, and it's also just beautiful and, and very, um, in its own way, violent imagery that's hard to pack into a title.
1: And I think that that is one thing that I'm really noticing as we go through these stories, and uh, we've read two-thirds of every short story ever written, Um, I really think that it is, this is a package. And it is, you have the beautiful title, which is it gives you so my friend's theory is that everything is threes. And here you have ocean, color, and bruises. And When you're associating all of those, bruises is the remainder of previous violence. And so you are hinting towards that. And it's the last word in the title. And so you get that. That's actually like pushing you towards that point. We're given so many clues along the way that nothing is as it seems, except for we kind of know a bad thing's coming. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really hits me. Um, this is an awesome pairing, by the way, with any of the Firefest Fest docs, um, any of the documentaries about the Fire Festival, this really actually plays with that. If you sort of look at it, like these are the same people who would be going out to that, <laughs>
0: that <laughs> island. Oh, that's beautiful. I would never put that together, but yeah, it does sound perfect.
1: Yes, I I make connections where no connections exist.
0: Yeah, you do. That I, I would say that is correct.
1: I just want so many bets from my mother. Um, so, <laughs> so I think really one of the important things to remember also is that we are in a period, because this is fairly contemporary, I think this is 2016?
0: 2016, yes.
1: Yes. Um, this is a very, very up to the moment sort of thing, because four years, five, five years, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in literary terms is just right now. This is a type of story that we're seeing more and more of. It is a story that is exploring a group of people who aren't necessarily the group that is going to be reading this. It is there is a sort of distancing. Because uh, you're not seeing a lot of that crowd who are going to be picking up these stories. Sure, a couple of them. You always have to have the, the nerd in every party picture. Um, but it is this sort of widening net that authors today are, are putting out there. And in particular, uh, Uncanny is doing a great job with bringing these stories forward. I think a number of different
0: magazines are.
1: And I think this one really speaks to me because it's beautifully written. And I cannot tell you if she's a sentence, a paragraph, or a story writer. I literally can't because it, it changes. It morphs as it's going through. She's a character that... writer.
0: Hmm? She's a character writer. We, we, can, we, can, we can say that sometimes we have file folders that aren't necessarily those three. She's a character writer. And it's, it's, it's right there from the beginning when each character gets their own little paragraph devoted to them that sums them up which could be in another writer's hands would be clumsy and obvious, but in in her hands, it's done pretty, pretty skillfully. And it works and it does the job and it it needs to do the job because it's a short story. You only have, you have five characters. You only have so much time to establish that. So getting that out there. Yeah. And, and they, they are very distinct characters. So I think she's a character writer.
1: You just cost me tenure. (laughs) Um, But yes, definitely, I think you're right. Um, Oh, and that pains me to say. (laughs) (laughs) I loved loved interacting with this story. And this is a very story that I think I could get into, uh, specifically because I was never one of these kids, but I have watched enough spring break movies to know these kids.
0: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Yes. All right. Any other thoughts on this one?
0: Ah uh, no! I I very much enjoyed it, and I think we've we've covered it all. Hey, Christy. Yes.
1: <laughs> what are we gonna read next week?
0: We're gonna read the most dangerous game. <gasps> I know. R. Yes, by Richard Connell. Yes, correct. So. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Excellent.
1: Uh, oh, I'm gonna talk about the Zodiac Killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I'm gonna. Try and look at an adaptation or two after I read it. I might actually do, might actually read it more than half an hour before the show, and then look at an adaptation or two just out of curiosity, since it's like like one of the most read stories in the English language. Woo! Yay! Well, excellent.
1: Well, then, until then, this has been short story
0: short podcast.